Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight for us to be with you today on this Friday, July the 3rd of 2020. And uh, I know we are heading into the weekend, and um, we will celebrate uh, the birth and freedom of our nation uh, tomorrow. But uh, I think it's interesting of all the things that are on the horizon, all the things that are even going to take place this weekend. And we believe that God, even on the 4th of July, he's speaking to us in this hour. So we are so glad that you could join us today. We are grateful for our listeners who are tuning in from whatever part of the world that you find yourself in. And thank you for connecting with us. I, I, I believe that you are connecting with us because you feel the need in this hour to fellowship in the word of God and to glean what God is saying from a prophetic lens in this hour. There is a cry going out in this hour, a cry that is awakening people, that is telling us that Jesus Christ is coming again. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And I believe that we are closer than when we first begun. Hallelujah. So uh, let us get into the word of God today. Uh, we're going to be uh, talking, as Brother Marty likes to say, about some cool stuff. <laughs> and these are cool with some things that we're going to be <laughs> digging into today uh, that I believe and that are they are. I know that they are connected to the days that we are living. So I'm excited today. And um, as always, it is a pleasure to be here with the panel, Brother Marty, Brother Fernando, to be able to share this time together and, and, and glean from the Word of God and study the Word of God together. So, Brother Marty, I'm excited about today. I know there's some interesting things that you're going to be talking about today, and uh, um, I know that God has a word for us. So share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Amen. Looking forward to today. Uh, we're really excited as we head into the weekend. And as we went along in the week, uh, and really the last several days, you know, the Lord's been uh, stirring my heart to, to revisit um the the realm of the prophetic in, in in not only in the word uh itself but what the word teaches us to look at and you know we've come through the first six months of this year and we've we're now entering to the other half of the year and and like you said earlier we're headed to fourth of july uh tomorrow and there's a lot of things going on so we're going to review a little bit of what uh what's been happening and ask ourselves uh, exactly, is God speaking? And if so, what is he saying? And uh, if we can figure out what he's saying, what do we do? So we're going to look at some very interesting things. I hope that uh, you you sit down, settle in, and uh, open your Bibles with us as we begin to explore um, the basket of summer fruit, as it were. Uh, would you read... Uh, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> would you read... Uh, would you read to us, Brother uh, Amos? We'll be coming to you from the prophet Amos, chapter 8. This is where we'll begin, and then we'll allow the Spirit to take us forward, Lord willing. Chapter 8, uh, 1 through 3. Would you start there, Brother? Yes. Thus hath the Lord God showed unto me, and behold, a basket of summer fruit. And he said, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a basket of summer fruit. Then said the Lord unto me, the end is come upon my people of Israel. I will not again 
passed by them anymore. And the songs of the temple shall be howling in that day, saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. My, my, that's some heavy words, you know, that God gave to Amos. <laughs> and and again, uh, we're revisiting this because we're, we're, we're going to see some incredible parallels uh, with what was taking place in the time of the prophet Amos. And again, as we're headed into the 4th of July, we're going to lay out a template here and say, are we seeing any of the same things that are happening uh, here in the United States as we approach Independence Day uh, that they saw then? And, and I think the answer is absolutely yes. And we're going to look at that because we need to, first of all, explore this and understand that the prophet Amos, you know, when he was raised up by the Lord, it was at a very crucial time uh, for the nation of Israel. Uh, he came from Judah. And those of you who have been with us and study biblical history, you know that the nation had split into two. And you basically had Judah, which is where the temple was, uh, the temple that was built by Solomon, <clears throat> which he built, by the way, uh, from the architectural plans that King David had received from the Holy Spirit, built on Mount Moriah in, in the great city of Jerusalem. After Solomon passed away, his son and another man by the name of Jeroboam uh, basically uh, had a fight, so to speak just to put it simply, and the nation split into Rehoboam, King Solomon's son, became the king over what is now known as, what was known as Judah. And basically it was the tribe of Judah and and, and, and Benjamin that stayed behind and, uh, and they claimed their territory there. Jerusalem remaining the capital and they became the caretakers of the uh, the temple. Jeroboam took 10 of the tribes of Israel and split the nation in two. And they established their capital in Samaria. Uh, and and uh, that's one of the reasons when you read your Bible and, they, and, and you find in the New Testament where they hated the Samaritans, that's one of the reasons they hated the Samaritans was because it always harkened back to those days when they, when they became a capital city of, uh, of, uh, of, of Israel, the 10, the 10 tribes that split from the original nation. And so when Amos comes in this prophecy, he's basically dealing with that breakaway part of the nation. Very much symbolic in, in so many things that we can discuss, but, but they were a, a corrupted um, form of spirituality. King Jeroboam set up a, 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 built a temple. And what Brother Jeremy was just reading there in verse 3, where it says that the songs of the temple shall be howling in that day. He's not referring in this particular prophecy to the temple in Jerusalem. He's referring to the pseudo-temple that was built by Jeroboam and subsequent kings throughout the uh, the hundreds of years that were leading up to this, this destruction of the nation. So they worshiped God in their own way. They took part of the traditions of Judaism and they incorporated them with idolatry to the point that they became such a, such a, a backslidden part and component of the nation that it necessitated their ultimate judgment that would be realized. That's what's significant about Amos, because he lived and his prophecies were given at the end, at the end of an era, at the end of the, the ten tribe empire, so to speak. He, he was sent by God to them and was required to prophesy 
uh, to them uh, of of what he saw coming. And you know, he was called, but he but he wasn't of the line of the prophets. He wasn't a prophet. That was his own testimony. It was God who made him into a prophet. You know, the Lord uh, he bypassed uh, the normal line of how ministry came, you know, like through the Levites or or through godly men, so to speak. Not that Amos' dad wasn't godly, but but it, he wasn't in the school of the prophets. He wasn't a priest. He was he wasn't raised up by prophets. He was just someone that emerged from the regular people. He was living his life. He was, you know, he goes on to describe it, and we'll look at that in a second. But but in many ways, it's the same now because what we're going to be focusing on today is the United States of America and what we believe God is saying and what is coming. But there are many out there that are being stirred by the by the Lord. You're just a regular person, so to speak. You haven't really been in the you know in the flow of ministry. You don't come from a long line of preachers or whatever. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that you have been seeing some things, and and that's what Amos goes on to reveal about himself. And I just want to look at that really quick because of what he says about himself and why it's so unique is that God raises him up as a prophet and sends him to the nation to prophesy. And and, and look what he does. And brother Jeremy, can you read that? In, in he he goes to Israel to confront the very seat of corrupt spirituality which has really filtered all the way down into Jerusalem. You know, the whole nation was corrupt. But God begins to deal with this breakaway ten-tribe confederacy that had now been there for hundreds of years. And now they are about to come to their end. They have so corrupted themselves, and they have a well-established ministry. And, And at the head of this national ministry, was a prophet by the name of Amaziah, and God sends Amos to that part, that that hill song of Israel, if you will, <laughs> and, uh, uh, wow. and, and he said, <laughs> or Bethel, whichever one you want to call it, uh, he sends him there, and he's confronted by the national prophet, and his name was Amaziah, and the first thing that Amaziah tells him when this Amos dares to come up, you know, in this place. And begin to prophesy, he begins to talk to him. Can you read that in verses uh, 12 through 16, brother? Yes. It says, Also Amaziah said unto Amos, O thou seer, go flee, be away into the land of Judah, and there eat bread and prophesy there. Keep going. Yeah, well, wait, let's, that's good. I'm glad you paused because, uh, first of all, look at the attitude that Amaziah has towards Amos. Those of you who are following along, we're in Amos chapter chapter 7, verse 12. And and he, he shows up, and he he is now being confronted by, by a ruling elite compromised prophet of the nation. This is, this is, this is the, the king's uh, prophet. This is Jeroboam II's prophet. And and he he comes out to meet Amos and and he and look at how he addresses him. He says, "Oh, thou seer." And and you know what what he was actually doing by saying that was denigrating his calling. He didn't even address him as a prophet. See, there was two classifications in in the understanding of of the Jew. One was a prophet. One was a seer. A seer was a lesser 
uh, in their minds uh, lesser than a prophet. Um, they they would have a vision or they would have a sense of what God was saying, but they had the gift to see, but they weren't classified as prophet. But we know all these years later that God himself called Amos to be a prophet, not just a seer. But this is how Amaziah begins to deal with him. He he comes at him as a prophet and then denigrates his call as not even being equal to Amaziah. And so he addresses him as someone that is lesser anointed than himself. He calls him wow. a seer and, and he tells him to go away. Like, go back to your, your ultra conservative Judah. <laughs> go over there and prophesy, man. We don't need you here. Go eat your bread there. In other words, the bread that you eat symbolically or metaphorically, the word that you have, you know, go go hang out over there, you know, where you come from. Don't don't come up over here, you know, acting all anointed like you got a word for us, oh seer. You're not even a prophet in my eyes. That's what Amaziah is saying to him. So keep reading, brother, wow. in verse 13 and 13, 14, 15, and 16. Would you? <laughs> Hallelujah, man. Go flee thee away into the land of Judah. And there eat bread and prophesy there. But prophesy not again anymore at Bethel. For it is the king's chapel and it is the king's court. Then answered Amos and said to Amaziah, I was no prophet, neither was I a prophet's son. But I was a herdsman and a gardener of sycamore fruit. And the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, Go, prophesy unto my people Israel. Now, therefore, hear thou the word of the Lord. Thou sayest, prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac. Might as well just read it out. Read verse 17. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Thy wife shall be a harlot in the city, and thy sons and thy daughters shall fall by the sword, and thy land shall be divided by lines, and thou shalt die in a polluted land, and Israel shall surely go into captivity forth of his land. My God. I mean, <laughs> that's intense. You know, that's really intense again. Again, you know, you see the arrogance of this this compromised church, this Israel, this ten tribes. And again, we're talking about the United States here, talking about Western Christianity, and so we're looking at parallels because the same attitude has has basically surfaced and why we find ourselves in the condition we find ourselves in right now. Listen, he tells him in verse thirteen, you know, you leave here and, and don't prophesy here at Bethel. Why? Because it's the king's chapel. It's the king's court. And, mm. and literally what, what he's saying to him is, you're not, you are not in our sight worthy of rising to this level. And how dare you come here, uh, not to one of the little little synagogues we have out here, but you've come to the very seat where the megachurch is. <laughs> Actually, and you, and how dare you do that? That's what he's telling him. Don't you come here? You know, we this, this is where the king sits. This is where authority is. This is where power is. But like in Amos's day, God is laying an a, an indictment right at the footsteps of, of all that we have seen transpire over the last twenty years in this country. 
There are so many Amaziahs out there that have no clue, no idea, so full of arrogance. And God yeah. has raised up voices and is raising them up. Notice what Amos Amos retorts to him. He, he answers back to him and he says, he says to Amaziah in verse 14, I was no prophet. Uh, he doesn't acquiesce to the, 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 the label of a seer. He, he reclaims that and implies mm-hmm. I am a prophet, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't a seer, neither the son of a seer. That's not what he said. He said, I wasn't a prophet, implying that I am now. I'm much more than you think. God has sent me here, and neither was I a prophet's son. But then he begins to lay out his qualifications here because he says, I was a herdman, I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit, and the Lord took me as I followed the flock. And the Lord said unto me, go prophesy to my people. See, what God was revealing here to Amaziah, what God is revealing to us here in a metaphoric sense, and what I believe he's saying by the Spirit, is is what Amos said about himself. See, he draws the attention of this false prophet to his own qualifications as as a man and how God used his life experience to train him and prepare him for this moment. And what he says was, in other words, I wasn't influenced by anybody or anything, not by my daddy, not by my genealogy. I was influenced by God. I was a herdman. I was prepared. I understand what it means to take care of a flock. Not because I was a pastor over a flock, but because God trained me by having me be responsible for a flock. I learned a lot. And he also says I was a gatherer of sycamore fruit. What he was literally saying that I learned from that was I know when things have grown, when they're planted, when they grow, and when they bear fruit. And I know when the harvest has come. Because what he was literally saying, because he goes on where we started in chapter 8, right? What do you see, Amos? He says, I see a basket of summer fruit. He's literally laying it out there by saying, I recognize when things are full and ripe. And so when he comes and begins to talk to Amaziah, that's what he's telling him. He says, look, I'm here, I'm prepared, and I understand the times and the seasons. I gather sycamore fruit. I know when the fruit is ripe. And judgment has come to your house. That's what he's saying to him. It's fully right. He says, the Lord took me as I followed the flock. Verse 15. You know, what he's basically saying there is, I come from obscurity, man. (laughs) You know, that's what God is Mm -hmm. saying to us today. You know, he wasn't at the head of the flock. He wasn't the chief shepherd. He was behind the flock. You know, he's bringing up the rear, so to speak. He, he He was mingling. He's in the back. He's not out front. But he says, that's where God took me from. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who I'm talking Mm. to right now. I sense it in my spirit. Someone's going to be listening to this. You know, you've been in obscurity. You know, God God is about to bring you forth. He's going to bring you out. That's what Amos was saying. I was minding my own business, man. You know, I wasn't looking to promote myself. But God brought me. God got a hold of me. God's spirit reached down. And took me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he's brought me all the way from the from the Judean hills, right? You know, where nobody knows where I'm at. And here he stands, my God, in Bethel at the King's Chapel, confronting the national prophet uh, who's full of the devil, right? And that's what God can do, man. He can take you from nothing 
in the sense of nobody knows who you are. You you ain't you ain't on nobody's radar. And overnight he can take you and put you, hallelujah, full of the word, full of his anointing. My God, I need to to move on or I'll start shouting and preaching, man. (laughs) But he says, the Lord took me from obscurity, man, and I'm fully trained. I know what it means to take care of a flock. I also understand when something is is ready to be plucked, something is ripe, something is ready to be harvested, something has reached its full end. I learned that from being a harvester or a gatherer of sycamores. And I also know what it is not to promote myself. I followed the flock. It speaks of his humility, right? But he says, but the Lord said to me, go. He's revealing, I haven't, I haven't promoted myself. I haven't uh, come here of my own accord. See, that's the problem with ministers and ministry in this country and has been for a long time. They didn't go at the command of the Lord. They imagined their own ministries. They they equipped themselves with the wisdom of and philosophy of, of marketing and promotion. And, you know, Amos didn't say that. He said, I, I didn't move or do anything until God said go. And now I've come. So it speaks of his humility, of his yieldedness, his ability to hear, and his obedience. Because now, he, I mean, he's 100 miles from home, man. I mean, for us, that's like a, an hour and a half drive, right? But for Amos, it took days to get there. He's 100 miles from home. And it's not a place he's familiar with, right? You, you, you See, <laughs> sometimes, man. This is how the Lord moves, right? He'll take the most obscure, most unlikely person and put them right where the elite are. You know, Amos wasn't schooled in, you know, in in, in the elite schools of the prophets, you know. He wasn't hanging out in the Levitical schools or the scholarly schools. See, God doesn't need all that. Hallelujah. Yes, yes. You don't need all that. When 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 moments of crisis have arrived, we're talking about just uh, you know a few months, a couple of years from the absolute destruction of Israel. When he shows up here, he's come to pronounce judgment. He's come to warn, and he's come to lay out the case. And that kind of understanding and revelation came to him by the Spirit of God. It wasn't tainted by men. He's functioning, if you can see it, also, metaphorically speaking, under the spirit of Elijah, right? Elijah comes and pronounces judgment. It's that same spirit. Because years earlier, Elijah had confronted Ahab and Jezebel in the same territory. Remember how the fire fell and they all all cried out, you know, the Lord, he is God. Well, what happened to those people? (laughs) Here's... By the time Amos shows up, it proves that there the Lord is God moment, you know, with Elijah and the fire falling and all that years before. It didn't take. It didn't take. It was a false repentance. And so by the time this prophet shows up, it's time. It's yes. time. And, and and God takes individuals like that. See, I guess why we started here is because of the sense that I have in my heart that today is that some of you out there that are listening, you know, you we've all been so preconditioned as to what ministry is or what church is. Mm. But see, in the economy of God, 
he views the whole thing as an expression of of his church, whether it's behind the four formal walls of what we've come to call church, or whether it's this shepherd out in the field, he's his prophet, and he's able right. to take him in into the into the climate of a culture about to be judged and make him relevant. He'll take the most obscure little thing and 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 he'll feed five thousand people with it. Do you hear what I'm saying? Right. And so. And so what what he's saying to many of us today and many of you listening and those of you that will listen in the future, he wants to, like Amos, take you from that and use you in the realm of your own influence. Don't think you got to be behind four four walls or just because you ain't a preacher. None of that matters anymore. Don't you understand it's over? Don't you understand that's over? You know, and 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 that's what Amos, are you going to say something, brothers? a lot to say <laughs> so this is uh you know it's it's true brother brother marty and i think we're a lot of uh if i could just interject this where a lot of people miss it is in regards to timing right we yeah. we go before the time we do things before god says to do it just because yes, he's sir. called us just because he's you know so if the enemy can't get you out of your calling he'll have you come in in your calling before time you know, and, and, and I think that's so important to, to understand, yes, God has called you, but it's timing. It, there's an appointed time when Amos went, right? Another thing yeah. I wanted to point out as you were talking is the control that exists. I, I did same exact as the days of, of Amaziah. And to this day, there's a control today. What, what big time ministries desire is to come out on TV. You made it. And so whenever an outside preacher, a no-name preacher, has a word for, for the Lord, it is, it is put down. It is it, because, you know, well, what do you have to show it? Do you have a big ministry? How many members are in your church? Like if that right. qualifies, right, that you've been yeah. called of God. No, what qualifies you is do you have a word from God? Do you have the word of the Lord inside of you? And, and 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 that's what this man was doing. Why was he so afraid of the words of Amos then? If he wasn't, if he saw him as a seer only, what was he afraid of? He was yeah. afraid that the word that a- that Amos had was a word that was going to confront his ministry, <laughs> and and yeah. so forth. But uh, yeah, there's and a you're lot right, of... brother. That's really good. Too. That's good because that's what he says right in verse 15. It's the Lord who took me. You know, uh, and and I was just simply in obscurity. I was following my flock, doing my business. But the Lord said to me, he, he, how many times he emphasizes the Lord in verse 15. You know, he says, it's the Lord. He's using the sacred name of God when he says the Lord. Whenever you guys read in the Old Testament, you'll see the, the phrase the Lord or you'll see the phrase God. Pay attention because it's God's way of of revealing the import of who's speaking. God is Elohim, Lord is Echolah, which is spelled yod vav in the Hebrew. Uh it's the sacred name of God. It's the supreme father. And that's what he's he's saying here. My authority my I didn't come, I wasn't made a prophet by my earthly father. That's what he's saying. This wasn't handed down. This isn't a rite of passage. 
I'm not here on my own accord. It's my Father in heaven. Hallelujah. (laughs) I'll say something in regards to that. Um, You know, we have hundreds and thousands of young men training to be pastors, and they're training the ways of the modern-day preacher. They're being trained in the ways of the modern-day preacher, and they're choosing to be pastors, choosing to be Right, uh, men of God, or or whatever title they want, you know, bishop, doctor, you know, prophet. <laughs> everybody calls themselves something, right? <laughs> yeah. But we have to understand this: you can't choose the calling. <laughs> the calling chooses you. Yes. <laughs> you can yes. train all you want to be something in the kingdom of God. But it comes looking for you. The word of the Lord came unto me. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. You know, that's why we have a, a generation of young preachers with no anointing. Yes. They're choosing to be, they're looking at ministry as some kind of a big uh, business, you know, uh, yes. a, a, a business career. thing that they want to do. A career. Yeah. Yes. No. No, that's why we have no anointing behind the pulpit, and and the truth the truth of the matter is, if there ever was an Amos amongst us, we wouldn't give him the pulpit to preach. That's just <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. 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 You know, uh, many years ago, I many years ago I went to the seminar, and uh, and that's what I saw. And this is not to be overcritical, but it's the truth. A lot of the young men that were there were there almost just as a rite of passage because they were a pastor's kid, an evangelist, you know what I mean? But there was no fruits of a call of God in their lives. You get what I'm saying? And and, and what Brother Fernando is saying is is so true. They saw it more as a career, more as if, you know what, um, I'm going to get my dad's church when he leaves, you know? I'm set. I'm I'm done. And I just got to get this certificate as if that, you know, as if you know, like you said, you don't choose. It chooses you, the calls of God. And, and I saw a lot of horrendous things. I'm like, what? This is a, these are people that are called to the ministry, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> we're <in trouble>. but <laughs> we're in trouble. We are. We are in trouble. Yeah. And no, no, that's right. And that's, that, that's, that's really cool, man, to, to point that out because both of those are incredibly, uh, you know, valid. Uh, statements that you guys are making that that is that brings a sense to what we're saying, what Amos was saying. You know, uh, he didn't come up under that rite of passage. He didn't he didn't choose this. It chose him. It compelled him. A radical right. change uh, brought him forward. Uh, you know, we I wish we, we we maybe someday we'll we'll take these examples and dig into them because they're so profound in their in their implications of spiritual development for the individual. All that it teaches us is is incredible. I mean, it's a whole series on its own. The process, you know, that, that brings a man to this point, when, when, when he disconnects himself or herself from all that is familiar and reaches the point of absolute, uh, you know, comfort in a way and surrender in another way, to that which has been growing over time that completely separates them from their ordinary life and propels them on an extraordinary journey with God. It is that embracing 
of of the stirring of the spirit. It's the embracing of the word of the Lord came to me. I didn't go after it. It came to me. And and right. that is that right. It, it it changes you. It, it it begins the process of of breaking down the 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 normalcy of a life into a life that's completely realtered and reapportioned <laughs> and then uh and then you know launched into the will of God. And we're not talking about this, you know, hyper kind of stuff that they talk about today. We're talking about the will of God as it pertains to eternal matters, things that matter, things that change. That's why uh, when he says God told me to go prophesy to Israel, uh, he he calls him out. He calls Amaziah out and his ministry, like Brother Jeremy was just pointing out. This is what he says in verse 16. He says, now listen, now therefore hear you. He's talking to the prophet, false prophet Amaziah. You hear the word of the Lord. He's mentioned the Lord three times, man, in a matter of a couple sentences. He is strongly talking to this man, and he is calling his his authority and, and deriving his authority and the empowerment and authority and jurisdiction to declare this word from God the Father himself. And that's how he's addressing this national prophet. That's powerful. <laughs> that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, the uh, audacity, right? I mean, <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of what Amaziah was like. What, you know? And then, and then he calls him out, and he says, "Look, now, therefore, hear thou the word of the Lord." He says, "You say, prophesy not against Israel, and drop not thy word against the house of Isaac." So he exposes the kind of messages they were having. He says, what you're mm -hmm. telling me, Amaziah, is don't bring this heavy word of judgment. But the mm. truth of the matter is, we know from history, it's you're only two years away from the Assyrian Empire coming down here and, and, and absolutely obliterating Israel and carrying your people away. You know, so, I mean, we ain't got time to get into it, but you do some studies on how vicious the Assyrian yeah, Empire yeah. was. Wow. That's what's coming. They're about two years away from it. And and Amaziah is more concerned about preaching light little messages to the people. And he's offended. And Amos calls him out on it. And he says, you tell me not to speak against Israel. And, and you tell me not to drop this heavy word on, on the house of Isaac. Right? He's going all the way back to Abraham. That we're Abraham's seed. All the blessings of Abraham are ours. And he says, this is the problem, uh, and this is what God has sent me to correct. And he says, and as a matter of fact, he goes on in verse 17, as a result of this, your wife is going to be a harlot in the city. See, he's talking about Amaziah's wife, but really in the metaphoric sense for our time, that's what's happened. As right. before the, <laughs> And it's going to be a sign, right, before the, the absolute judgment falls within this next several months he's basically telling your wife's going to turn into a, a harlot and your children Incredible. are going to die and those of you who can hear by the spirit that's what's been happening yes yeah you know what a harlot is is a woman that'll do anything for her own pleasure as long as she can get what she wants she'll compromise herself with everything and anything and that's what mm. he was saying that that's the fruit of your ministry 
you've turned out a congregation that is nothing more than a harlot. It's the same harlot we were talking about uh, when we were when we were teaching on our series, the five wise and the five foolish. When we got to the last concluding podcast on that series, we referenced the harlot of Revelation seventeen one. When a nation is about to be judged, her church becomes like a harlot. Her sons and her daughters will fall by the sword. It's the very word. The sword is the word, right? If we're looking at it metaphorically, the offspring, the, 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 that which is being produced, it cannot stay or abide under the word of God. And, and everything is coming down, Amaziah. That's what he told him. And he didn't want to hear it. And he exposed his message and told him what was going on. My goodness, that took a while. All right, so are you ready? Are we ready? Let's go on. Let's look at some parallels. Are you ready for this? And, uh, okay, so <clears throat> Amos chapter 8, uh, what Brother Jeremy read there, he asks Amos in verse 1, uh, first he says, it's the Lord that showed me, and behold, a basket of summer uh, of fruit. And, and you know, he, the Lord goes on and then asks him, what is it that you see? And he says, I see a basket of summer fruit in verse 2, chapter 8, verse 2. Then the Lord said unto me, the end of my people Israel has come, and I will not pass by them anymore. So the Lord is asking us the same question right now in this country. We started this podcast by talking about we've gone through the first six months of this year, and now we're on the on the eve of celebrating the nation's birthday tomorrow, July the 4th. We've begun the other half of the year, and what's coming? God is asking his saints, what do you see? What have you been watching? What are you looking at? What do you see? And and that's what he asked Amos. What do you see? The Lord's asking his people the same question now. What do you see? Amos responded, I see a sum, uh, summer fruit in a basket. And literally what he was saying and what, what that means uh, and what God was saying is that is that the reason he showed him that was because he showed him a harvest. It's been plucked and now it's in the basket. Right? It's not coming. It's, it doesn't have any more to grow. It's been plucked. It's been harvested. And it was God's way of saying, because what he goes on to say is, the end of my people has come. And, 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 and he's basically saying, that's why I showed you this. That's why, uh, you know, I showed you this, this basket of fruit already plucked. It was God's way of saying that, that judgment has begun and it will conclude. It's not going to stop. That's why he said in verse 2, at the end there, I will not pass by them anymore. In other words, the, the hour of grace, the extended hand of the Lord for this, this nation of Israel, he said, it has come to an end. I will not pass by them anymore. I will not pass over their sin. I can no longer overlook what they've done. I can't do it. That's what he's telling Amos. And, and that's what he's saying to us. What do you see, children of God? Is it possible? And I'm just putting it out there. Is it possible that we're seeing the same same parallels? Are we are we at the end of the American empire? I don't want that to be. It is our right. duty to pray for the salvation of our nation. It is the duty of, of us to, to cry out to God for mercy. He's done it before. When Jonah went to preach to Nineveh and, and said, repent, or God's going to like destroy the whole nation, and they were Gentiles. 
they were so moved by the anointing that from the king all the way down to the to the lowest subject in his realm, even the animals, they, they clothed them with sackcloth and ashes and they wept and they prayed to the God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And he bypassed his, his judgment over that nation for a generation. It did come, but that generation didn't experience it. So we have to pray. Remember, Jonah got mad because the judgment didn't come. Remember, he went and sat on a hill to see God burn the whole place up. And, and, yeah. and, and he didn't. And then Jonah got mad. Right? Yeah, well, right. Right? So we can't, we got to guard ourselves against that, yeah, just burn them all up kind of attitude. Right? <laughs> There's no hope for these people. Hey, God so loved the world. Hallelujah. Yes. <laughs> That's what we were talking about yesterday, that he gave his only son. As long as Jesus, as long as there's a little, even a vestige or a hint of light left, there's hope. And that's how we must pray, because that's how God prays. That's God's heart. Yes. But but there's also that moment when when we have to assess, like he asked Amos, there is no more grace. It's not because God is not a God of grace. It's because it it wouldn't do any good. The continued extension of grace and love and, and not full judgment will only serve to harm uh, the good people, too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's just so bad that they won't in, hurt. In Romans, in Romans 10, the Apostle Paul, um, who is a Jewish man, you know, I mean, through and through perhaps more than any other Jewish person to claim to be Jewish. I mean, he, and he names those things in Philippians chapter three, why, why, you know, he, he was a Pharisee of Pharisees and so forth and so on. But he understands the condition of his own nation and the blindness that has come over them. And, and he says this in, in Romans 10, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness. That's what this nation is doing right now. Yeah. We're changing everything that God gave to us when we when this nation was born and birthed. And we are changing and, and, and establishing our own righteousness. We have not, and it says they have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. My goodness. I love this nation. I love this nation with all of my heart. And yes, I pray sir. for it. It, it, it. It's given me the blessings. It's given me the, the opportunity to raise my kids here and, and, and the freedoms that we, you know, that we have in comparison to other countries. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I realize where we are heading as a nation. We need to pray for this nation, just like the Apostle Paul prayed for uh, the Jewish people. But he also understood that, that what God had called them to was to build up a spiritual kingdom, not the kingdom of this world, not the kingdom of his, of, of his nation, but the kingdom of God, and to bring in as many people as he could into the kingdom of God. Right, but it, it is a sad thing, like you're saying, brother. And, and and no, that's not our heart's desire. That you know, like Jonah. Hey, you know what, Lord, just be done with this nation. We're in this nation. Amen. <laughs> yeah. know, it's, 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 it's not Amen. an easy thing to say, 
But at no. the same time, we must be honest and, 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 and have the correct spiritual assessment of what's really taking place. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, we are on dangerous, dangerous path right now. We are in a dangerous path right now. And right. we need to wake up. We really do as a nation. My goodness. Amen. Amen. And I, I really sense the presence of the Lord while you're speaking there. Because... You know, you can listen to us sometimes, and and might might think that we don't, you know, we're just it's over, you know, all that. Well, again, like Brother Fernando said, you know, uh, we're trying our best, and and we are right. only giving to you what we sense the Lord is telling us. But it's not, it's not just a feeling or a sense. We're actually quoting you scripture. We're taking you through the Bible and showing you this is how God deals with people who claim to be his people. And this is what he does. When they do this, he does that. When they act like this, he does this. You know, when they live under his precepts, they're a great and blessed land flowing with milk and honey. When they reject him, he he waits a long time. He's long-suffering. He's not willing that any should perish. But for us to simply conclude that everything that's happening is just the way it is, well, that might be for the world, but for God's people who claim to be his children, we better, like Brother Fernando just said, we better open our eyes and wake up and go to the word, take the lamp with the oil and ask God to reveal, are these things so? Are we approaching that zero hour? Because that's what he told Amos. He said, listen, the basket's full. It's already been plucked. It's determined. It's been determined, Amos. And I'm not going to pass by here anymore. I can't. They refuse right. to turn. Now let's quickly look at this, and we're going to look at some of the parallels. What have we seen in this, in this, in these six months? Have we seen anything like this, Brother Jeremy? Quickly read verse three, would you? Yes. It says, "And the songs of the temple shall be howling in that city," saith the Lord God. There shall be many dead bodies in every place. They shall cast them forth with silence. Well, this is interesting. He said, "You'll know that they're under judgment when there's many dead bodies, and and they're and they're burying them in silence." You know, and I was saying, "Lord, my God, that's that's intense." Well, we've seen that happen, and we've seen 130,000 people pass away just in the last uh, two and a half months. That's a lot of people. People. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. that's more. That's two Vietnam wars plus 30,000. I mean, Vietnam was 10, 12 years long or 15 years long, however long it lasted, depending on when you want to date it. But we lost 55,000 American soldiers, young men, in that war. This is 130,000 people in less than two and a half months. And it says that they'll be buried in silence. I remember early on when we were talking about this in mid-April, seeing the, the bulldozers in Central Park digging big trenches yeah. and burying, they buried 300 bodies that day uh, in absolute silence. The only thing that could be heard was the sound of the diesel engine as it scraped the dirt over 300 coffins and nobody around because they couldn't let people be there uh, because of the disease. They didn't know if it was going to spread or whatever. And in the hospitals, the people that are dying, they say they can't even have their families come and hold their hand or pray over them because of the infectious nature of this this virus, especially early on. 
And he told them, he said, look, you're going <laughs> to, there'll be many dead bodies and they'll cast them forth with silence. That's what's happening right now. And that's what happened. And, and it's happening all over the world, really. But we're talking about America. But there's another way also to understand this. When he talks about that these dead bodies will be, be buried in silence. The word, you know, the words in there seem to indicate this silence. But he's literally also telling uh, Amos is that there's nobody. The, the preachers are so bad in this territory, Amos. <laughs> he said that there's nobody saying anything about it. There's complete silence. There's no understanding. There's no uh, discernment. Their mouths are shut, even though many dead bodies are all around them. Oh, my God. God help us. <laughs> There's a hush. There's a hush. People uh, yeah. are holding their peace, their tongue. It yes. means silent, right? That's what it means. There's yeah. a hush. It's hush. Keep silent. Hold peace. Hold tongue. That's what it means. And you know when people are startled, um it, they they usually like inhale like a sudden startle like there's like a gasp like a and they don't know what to say uh that's kind of also what he's saying right like what you're just reading a hush a silence they they don't know what to say and we're seeing that you know and what he says is i'm going to take away the songs of the temple will be howling in that day you know the he's saying that they're dancing and singing and shouting in this compromised temple it's going right. to come to an end right i'm going to sh- i'm going to shut it down and 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 this will be the first indication read verse 4 through 6 really quick would you brother jeremy the second thing yeah. we see we see is economic judgment read that 4 through 6 hear this o ye that swallow up the needy even to make the poor of the land to fail saying when will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn and the sabbath that we may set forth wheat making the ephah small and the shekel great, and fast falsifying the balances by deceit, that we may buy the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes, yeah, and sell the refuse of the wheat. My goodness, right? Uh, th- this is what he said. Their response is, you got dead bodies everywhere, but look at the attitude of your people. All they were concerned about was the economy. Verse mm, 4 through 6, right. di- didn't... <laughs> didn't we see that and we've seen that this first six months of the year you know what did the president that's, keep oh we got to get back that's that's, that's the, what the whole talk has been about right it's, it's reopening the economy it, it's incredible you know it's they're dealing with two issues here there was the pandemic and you know the nation collapsing economically and they're, they're trying to handle both but their priority seems to be the economy and there's there's dead bodies all over the nation, right? You know, and this is this is what they're trying to do. It's exactly so. Think of, again. We spoke about parallels. This is what we want the people to see. Yeah. That whenever a, a nation decides to go an, another direction other than towards God, then this is what will follow. And we are literally replaying the very same thing that ancient Israel did. And we are reaping the judgments that ancient Israel reaped. And it's yeah. playing out. That's, I mean, look what they're saying here. They're, they're more worried about the economy opening up, and they don't see the judgments that, that has come and befallen the nation. They're saying, say, saying, when will the new moon be gone that we may sell corn? We got to get back to business. 
Right. We got to open up our. We got to open up our restaurants. We got to open up our stores. I mean, come on, our man. churches. Let's, let's, right. Yeah. 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 Our, our churches. churches. They need to reap the corn. The, the tides. <laughs> the tides, right. <laughs> That's yeah, intense, right? That's right. And, yeah. and notice, notice what else, because the Lord has Amos really unmask the elite here. Because not only were they waiting for the opportunity to reopen business, they also used the interim as an opportunity to, to enslave the needy. They shut down right. the small businesses. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, that we, yeah. so that we can buy, verse 6, the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of shoes and sell the refuse for a week. We want to, we want to, we want to, sh- <laughs> we want to shut this thing down. Look at it. The only companies that were making and have been making money in this shutdown, this economic shutdown have been the huge corporations. It's yeah, been, yes. it's been Amazon, Walmart, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. Lowe's, Home Depot, all these massive corporations. But but the mom and pop, you know, the, the salon owner who's trying to feed her kids, she can't cut no hair. The barbershop is closed. The little mom and pop stores can't open. You know, the little restaurants where, you know, they, they, you know, they have a good day, they might be able to pay the light bill, that kind of thing. They have shut them down for so long. And they look at it as an opportunity to do what? To buy the poor for silver. In other words, wow. we're going to create wow. such a climate that when we emerge and open this up, they say, that's what they were saying in Israel, it, it will ha- it will ensnare uh, the, the smaller business so that they're going to have to, to, to mortgage everything that they have if they the want rich, to survive. The rich will swallow up the poor. Yes. That's socialism. Yes, it is. You know, that's, that's what Israel was doing too. So not only were they not – uh, didn't they didn't care that judgment had come and it was dead bodied all over the, their nation, and then they're they're more worried about the economy, and then there's deceit to to yes. to for the rich to swallow up the poor. I mean, yes. come on now. To make is the poor not, the is, is that not what's happening in our nation? I think so. I think that's what yes. we're seeing. I think that's yes. what we're review- that's why the Lord has us reviewing this as we approach tomorrow's celebration. All right? I mean, right. this is we're right. seeing this. Yes. It's laid out right there, man. Like you that, said, brother. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that's why the Lord is, is sent his prophets to to judge the nation for not judging, you know, on behalf of the of the cause of the fatherless, of those that are in needy. Instead, they were prospering in the middle of this judgment. And that's why even, you know, through the prophet Jeremiah, God, God would say, shall, shall I not visit for these things? Shall I not visit a nation? Shall I not visit yeah. for these things, saith the Lord? Shall not, not my soul avenge for such a nation as this? Yeah, mm-hmm. so, that's incredible. So God sent, his, God sent his prophets, and he told them, and he called them out of it. You know, yeah. you, 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 you pervert, uh, even, you know, the balances, you know what I mean? You would add a little bit more weight to get more money. You suck <laughs> right. even of the poor, what they don't have. You take it from them. Think and about so, what you just yeah, said, Brother yeah. Jeremy, is exactly what they're doing because, you know, they create these very complicated uh, loan structure programs uh, that cannot yeah. even be understood unless you have like a triple doctorate degree in economic and finance, man. Right. So that's what they do to the, to, to the middle class and to the poor, you know, they, they create yeah. these, 
these balances, that's what you were talking about. They, they, they tilt the balance yes. in the favor of the wealthy and the rich. This is, and we're not against being wealthy and rich. That's not what we're saying. We're saying that it's the corruption right. that God was calling out. And another yes. thing, Brother Jeremy, that you would point out made me think there when you were talking about, remember where Amos went? He went to the seat of the royal house where the king worships. And he went to the mm. national evangelist or the national prophet and called him out. Wow. He addressed he addressed the highest levels of power. That's where he went and dropped that word. You know, I mean, he, because in God's eyes, it's it's as if you're speaking to the whole nation when you do that, right? So that that's what he did. He went to the yeah. king. He went to the prophet. He went to the government. He went to the church, and that's what he's doing right now. He's speaking, if we can see it, right? So uh, we, we got, spoke about this. We, we spoke about this, Brother Mario, earlier of the initial $2 trillion stimulus. $500 yeah. billion yeah. Dollars yeah. went yeah. to these big banks and corporations. And, and, and initially, check this out. There was going to be no oversight over that money. And that was the debate. <laughs> That's right. right. I forgot about That's that. Think about that. $500 billion dollars with no oversight was going to the rich. <laughs> To survive the pandemic. Yeah, you're right. Eventually, they got. Eventually, supposedly, they got some oversight. Now, I doubt that. I think it's. Oh, like we, I think. I think. I think the scripture is telling us exactly what they're doing. Yes, it is yeah. telling us what they did. See, and again, uh, I want to reiterate. Amos is giving this prophet. They're only months away from being destroyed completely as a nation. And yeah. this is why God says, "I can't pass by them anymore." Because look right. what they do, even in the face of death, in the face of global, wow. uh, you know, intensity. Look what they do. How came it? Wow. He said, what do you see? You know, America, saints of God, what are you really seeing? Or are you seeing? That's what he's asking to Amos. And that's what he's asking us. What do you see? So the Lord, yeah. you know, the Lord, con the Lord concludes, right? He he concludes with verse seven uh, through nine. Would you read that, brother Jeremy, seven through nine, real quick? Yes. Um, sorry about that. Here we go. The Lord said, "The Lord has sworn by the excellency of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their works. Shall not the land tremble for this, and everyone mourn that dwelleth therein? And it shall rise up holy as a flood." And it shall be cast out and drowned as by the flood of Egypt. And they shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. In a clear day. Listen to what he's telling Amos and what Amos is prophesying. He's telling them, I'm never going to forget how they acted and what they've done. And and he and he says, you know, what he's basically re referencing is that is their lack of repentance, their obstinate, their evil, their greed, their wickedness. Their, I mean, they're having they're having songs in the temple, right? I mean, they're this is crazy, this is this yeah. is insane. This is this is this is a harlot. Your wife's a harlot. Your kids are dying, right? I mean, this is this is your all you care about is money, and you're enslaving the underclass, and you're destroying them in the midst of yeah. dead bodies. In the midst of all this, this is how you act. Wow. And, and, so, and wow. so he says, look, because of your obstinance, I'm never going to forget. I'm not going to forget what you did. 
you you've done this. This is this is this is the apex of hundreds of years, right? This is this is the fruit, the summer fruit. This is this is a fully ripe nation about to be absolutely judged. And it's been yes. being judged. It was already being judged, but only in in measure. Look at read chapter seven, verse eight. We get, yeah, I know we're running out of time, but read seven, eight if you can. And, and the Lord and the Lord said unto me, Amos, what seest thou? And I said, a plumb line. Then said the Lord, Behold, I will set a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will not again pass by them anymore. So it, that's how it began, was with a plumb line. And what he was literally saying at that time when he was first showing him what was coming is, I have systematically judged them. I've judged them over here. I've judged them there. I've hit them here and there. A plumb line is how you measure something. And so what he was literally saying is, I sent judgments to them in measure, and they yeah. didn't turn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, but by the time we get over here to chapter eight, that's why he says, I will never forget, and I'm not going to pass by them anymore. It's over. That's why he shows him a, a basket of summer fruit now. You know, I, 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 I judged them at the beginning, you know, in measure here, but it didn't work. I used the plumb line. It wasn't an all-encompassing thing. I allowed them to continue, but they didn't turn. And he says, now look at how they are. And he says, now it's fully ripe. The judgment can no longer be held back. It must come. And and so that's why he says, I'll never forget. He's talking about, uh, you know, their obstinance, their lack of, of repentance. And then verse 9, I mean, verse 8, he says, uh, the land is going to tremble for this. Everyone that is going to mourn that dwells therein, and it shall rise up holy like a flood, and it shall be cast out and drowned as by a flood. What he's literally saying there now is, that, okay, now it's beginning. He says the judgment is going to rise like the flood of Egypt. The land is going mm. to tremble. The nation is going to have earthquakes, and, and, oh. and, and the judgment and all that's coming on them will rise like a flood like the flood of Egypt when the Nile would overflow its banks. He's saying now what's coming is going to come rapidly and it's going to flood the land. We've been seeing that. Right. Yeah. And then verse nine, he goes on to say, it's going to be like uh, the Lord does say the Lord God that I will cause the sun to go down at noon and I will darken the earth uh, in a clear day. He's speaking metaphorically, really. He, he's talking about how, uh, you know, there will be no light. In other words, it's going to be, it's going to be gloomy. It's going to be like a cloudy day on a clear day. And when it should yes. be at its brightest and blessed, he says, the truth is, whether it's noontime, afternoon or evening, it's going to be dark. That's, that's that foreboding sense that you feel in the land. It's going to be uh, dark. Right? Yes. Read verse 10. And I will turn your feast into mourning and all your songs into lamentation. And I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins and baldness upon every head. And I will make it as the mourning of an only son and the end of as a bitter day. Yes, he's talking about the ultimate end of it all. He's talking about no more false worship of joy, right? The mm. churches are going to be shut yeah. down. The, the the synagogues, right? There, there'll be no more songs, man. I'm going to shut it all down. I'm, I'm going to produce a lamenting. It's going to be a bitter day. See, America 
like Brother Fernando was just saying, it's on the brink. We are on the brink. I know we sound like these paranoid, crazy people, but we're reading to you what happened to a nation that claimed to be God's people that reached its final days and yet refused to repent and to turn or even to acknowledge its sin. And and, and, and so he says, I, I, I'm going to turn your feast in the morning. There's not going to be any more revival, buddy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> no more no more jump and shouting conferences. Uh no brother, go ahead, brother. But quickly, brother Marty, I know we're running out of time, but this is good. Uh we know the the false prophets are prophesying the pro, the so called prophets are prophesying falsely. The priests bear rule by their means, right? But look what yeah. it says, and my people love to have it so. Right. And my people love to have it so this is not a ignorance this is a willful ignorance this is a we, we it's not because we don't know it's because we want that we, we have crossed right. the line you know there's no return i pray there you, is. yes but see what you just said that, that that's what they want you know there was a there was early on when we started these podcasts there was one person i've never been able to get it out of it just kind of stuck with me man i was like god you you know, you're just you're just really lost, man. But uh, this person wrote uh, or, or 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 said something to somebody. Got back to me and said and said, "Oh, I can't listen to those guys. You know, they're 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 too they're too serious for me." And so it made me think of that when you said that, because, right? Because yeah. <laughs> we don't want to hear that. You know, prophesy smooth things. You know, my people love to have this alternative universe of of unreality this virtual world of blessing right i mean that it, it's a ruse it's a lie it's a sham it's it's whatever right. you, it's, it's a mirage yeah. man <laughs> I mean, it ain't yeah. real. you know where are all those those prosperity preachers right now where are all those success gurus where, where's all those best life now people right now they're they're right. deathly silent man their message holds no water it never has. Yeah, yeah. It never. It works for them, right? <laughs> but yeah. But, but see, so, but yeah. see, and, and then and then we understand too. You know, people like to blame. Oh, well, see, that's why I'm like this. No, it's your fault. We are the one fermenting and allowing these false prophets and their ministries by supporting them, giving to them, listening to them, buying their books, going to their conferences, and you wonder, no. It comes down to you as personally, you know, you, you know, it's, it's our fault. We have allowed this in our nation. Yes. Yes. We have allowed it as people because we love it. That's what Jeremiah said. I didn't say it. the prophet Jeremiah said, because you love to have it. So. And, and that's, that's precisely correct. And, 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 and see what we're talking about again is something that has happened over multiple decades. It, this didn't happen in the last month or two, or even in the last couple of years. What we are witnessing is the result of the rejection of God yeah. and the embracing of everything that he has warned us would be a destructive force in our in our in our homes, in our marriages, in our in our land, amongst our leaders, all of it. Yeah. Until it finally until it finally thoroughly saturates like a real heavy 
sponge that a dry sponge that soaks up all the water and just gets real heavy. That's what's happened. We're not talking about the world. I'm not talking to you about Hollywood. I'm not talking to you about you know any of you know the liberals, Democratic left, or none of that stuff, man. I'm talking about God's people. Right. Yes. <laughs> These are God's people that he's talking about. He's talking about his own people. It's incredible. But, yeah. he, but you know, and, and, and it didn't come overnight, like I said. It, it, it took a couple hundred years. But at the end of that couple hundred years, this is what they became. And, he, and, 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 and we're seeing the parallels. And so then finally he goes, he's basically talking about their church services and stuff. He says, man, I'm going to shut it all down. And that's what we see happening. We're in. We're in this. We've done through six months. We've been talking about the parallels. And brother Jeremy, read. Then it comes to this in in verse uh, eleven through thirteen. Can you read that? Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord, and they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. In that day shall the fair virgins and young men faint for thirst. Amen. And so that's what he's saying. In the midst of everything we've been describing, he says, what's going to happen is that the people will begin to look and turn for understanding. Yes. The actual conditions up under the judgment that has been allowed to come, he says, will cause them to turn and search for the word of God, but they won't find it. There'll be a famine in the land. There'll be no clear scholarship, no word from the preachers. They're going to faint and thirst for something, but in up under this judgment, up under this climate, which we've been describing as Amos revealed it to us, God further goes on to say, and when they go searching for the word, it's not going to be there. My, my. Mm. (laughs) But a famine, he says. Mm. A famine for hearing what? A famine for hearing the word of the Lord. Isn't that what people are, 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 everyone's got an opinion right now, but, but you know in your heart what what's the word and what isn't, right? You're not hearing it. Right. <laughs> right? right. Just turn on your local right. Christian TV station on satellite, man. <laughs> I, I spend 10 minutes and tell me if you're hearing the word of the Lord. If any of it is relevant to what's happening, <laughs> nothing is. They're right. still raising their money and preaching their crazy messages and selling their trinkets and, you know, Planning for their 2028 Christian cruise. I mean, it's insane. (laughs) (laughs) And God says they're going to wander everywhere. They're going to look from the north to the east. They're going to run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and they're not going to be able to find it. Right. My goodness. So here we are, right? We haven't even gotten in. That's the introduction. So, I mean, and we're we're an hour and we're we're an hour and a half into this already. But I think that that there's lots of things that we could talk about, other things, and and, and I don't know, brothers, are you up to doing the program tomorrow? It'll only take about another hour on the Fourth of July. You got time? I mean, what else do we have yeah, to do, should. brother Marty? <laughs> All right, let's do it. 
because this is very important. And, and hopefully, that, that we, as we've laid this introduction and laid out this case, we are seeing the parallels happen in our country right now. And, and I really want to get into what God has given us. And I think that I think that's appropriate that we do part two tomorrow. And those of you who want to, you can listen to it later in the day or whenever you want to listen to it. But I think it'll be relevant for tomorrow uh, and for your Sunday or whatever. But there's so much more we need to go. And I probably have another hour and a half worth of stuff we haven't even gotten to. But it's incredible. Hey. It, it will be good, Brother Marty, because if, if the people, you know, can make that effort to listen to it as soon as we post it, it'll give them a better sense of what they're going to see later that night. Does that make sense? And yeah, you'll be different. able to approach it differently and you'll, okay, you'll, you know, you'll be able to see it with more significance and more understanding of of the significance of what's going to take place tomorrow night. Amen. That's good because, uh, because yes, like you said, tomorrow night we're going to have some very incredible signs in the heavens. Uh, there'll be signs in the heavens, uh, and, and we're going to talk about that, and we're going to look at those things and what it is that God – and why it's happening on the 4th of July. Coincidence? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> what do you see, Amos? <laughs> right, yeah, right. People, and we're, we, we, we've just laid out to you – from the word of God, what happened to Israel, and and it's striking when we yes. if we take that and, and apply it to the first six months of this year in the United States of America, and so we'll try and have that posted for you tomorrow by by noon, um, you know, yes. so you can hear the prophetic word and 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 what got the conclusion to this this basket of the summer fruit, uh, you know, there there's some really cool things we'll share tomorrow. And and by the time the evening comes, you'll be standing outside looking up in the heavens and and hearing us crazy three guys tell you Jesus is coming, man. My <laughs> <laughs> Lord, Amen. praise yeah. the Lord. So that's where God concludes it, and then He goes on to some very heavy things from that point on. Heavier than what you've been sharing, yes, but also encouraging for His people and for all yeah. of us. And and so. Uh, you know, like he said, when this happens, he says, what's going to happen is they're going to be, they're going to run to and fro. They'll be, they'll be dying just to hear the word of God. Tell us what's happening. Tell us what's going on. And they won't be able to find it. There'll be a famine in the land. That's where we are right now in this country, ladies and gentlemen. It's a crucial moment in the history of this country. America stands right on the edge of a knife, man. And, 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 and we're praying Though we have a sense that we have reached this point where, where God says it's quite possible. And if that's the case, we've reached that point, then we need to be about the master's business and, and doing all that we can to love our neighbors, to, to, to warn our families. I don't care what they say or if they think you're crazy. Tell them the truth. Love them. Because I tell you what, when, when, when it, it becomes even obvious to them, they'll know where to go. They'll come to you. And you'll be ready yes. to welcome them into the house of the Lord. Jesus is coming. The signs are all around us. The question is, can you see? Do you hear what the Spirit is saying to the church? Brethren, any closing thoughts? And we'll get back at it tomorrow at 10 o'clock. And we'll have it posted for you by noon, Lord willing. Part two of this message, of a basket of summer fruit. Any any closing thoughts, Brother Fernando, Brother Jeremy? No, I think uh, we've pretty much said uh, 
what needs to be said. And I think that the people need to listen to it again and, and make those parallels. And, and if we are, you know, going the way that ancient Israel did, then, you know, we, we need to pray. We need to pray. Yes, so, yes, yes. Peace the Lord. Uh, Jeremy. You know, to our, you know, as you, to our listeners, as you consider these things, uh, don't just consider these things for yourself. Maybe you may say, well, I'm all right then. Uh, I'm okay. I'll, I'll be all right. Well, then consider these things at least for your children because it has repercussions on our children, you know, uh, these things that we're talking about. So the urgency is not just for you, but it's also for the next generation that there is, you know. It's for your children that are going to be facing and running to and fro and seeking. And and I think we have to really, really, uh, you know, pray and and consider what is being said. Consider it. If it's not just for you, do it for your children, and 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 you will, and 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 maybe God will use this to to save your children from what is to come. Amen. So uh, we look forward uh, to being with you tomorrow, and uh, I pray that you really do join us because I do believe that this will give us a better understanding as as we will see what will take place tomorrow night. But uh, we do. Uh, we do pray that God will bless you and keep you and that uh, you join us tomorrow. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and keep looking up.